Welcome everyone to the first episode of Game Informers from panel to podcast, a show dedicated to all things comic books. That means movies, TV shows, toys, and video games, of course, because we are Game Informer, and then also just the comic books themselves. I'm Andrew Reiner. I've been reading comics since I was eight years old, getting them pretty much every Wednesday since, at first with my father and then by myself. And along with me on a lot of these journeys is my dear friend, Philip Hoff, who I have uh, been collecting comics with since, what, 1996, Phil? I think 96 was the number that we came up with. I believe I was a senior in high school the year that I met you. Yeah. And uh, I drove down to go watch your band play a show in Fargo with the girl I was seeing at the time. And I don't think you and I have looked back since then. No, and we go on comic hunts all the time. Obviously, with COVID, we haven't recently, but (laughs) tracking down, you know, going in the 50 cent bins to track down issues we need of like Daredevil, Captain America, Spider-Man, Batman, you name it. And now every Wednesday, we send each other videos of the comic calls that we get on the new release racks. And we're spending like 50 to $60 (laughs) a week. It's ridiculous. Not only are comic book prices going up, but we are uh, just reading everything. And uh, this show, you know, we're going to go through all that. We're going to have picks for what we recommend that you read. uh, See if you like what we're reading. We're going to have legacy picks, you know, comic books that uh, we read, you know, like I said, in the 90s or 80s, even that we think that are are relevant today. And you should be reading uh, to be a kind of a completionist of all the great stories. We're going to go into the video games. We're going to start with something with a video game. We're going to do things like who would win in a fight between two characters, maybe someone in DC, someone Marvel, even in the indie and image space, all that stuff. We're also going to talk about, like I said, the movies and shows that are coming out here. You know, We'll give full reviews like you know when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out, we'll review that. Phil, I want to start today with video games since we are Game Informer, and one in particular that's on the way is Insomniac Games' Wolverine, and Mm -hmm. uh, I am so excited about this. We've only seen like a 30-second teaser of what appears to be uh, somewhat intoxicated or down on his luck Logan sitting (laughs) at a bar, and you get to see his claws come out, and it's a very iconic classic comic book shot uh, of, you know, him with the hat on and all that stuff. And yeah, I want to, I kind of want to pick your brain about what you, we want from this game. It's going to be a PlayStation five exclusive. We know it's going to have a mature tone to it. So, you know, Spider-Man, I would say is PG 13, you know, Insomniac Spider-Man games. This one, uh, I bet will probably be R, you know, M rated giving you probably dismemberment given. I'm assuming (laughs) all the blood and all the gore knowing Wolverine. Yeah, and and I think that's that's kind of the um, the focus we're going to have. But we don't know anything about the story or villains or you know anything like that. So let's just start right there. I'm going to throw a question your way. Do you think this should be a origin story? You know, where you're just getting to know Wolverine. He's coming out of Weapon X, or do you think it should be him in his prime? You know, already maybe done with the X Men. Where where would you like to see this story take place? In my brain, the entire thing starts off as an origin story, almost as your tutorial, if you will to like kind of get a grasp as to of like where he came from, what he's capable of doing at that time. And then fast forward X amount of years into whatever current situation they're going to drop a uh, Wolverine into and let it go from there. But I think, I think for people that aren't hardcore fans and I'm not a huge X-Men fan, so I don't a hundred percent like have a full grasp of, of the story in the background. 
I'd like to see it just for my own sake. And it'd be fun to watch it actually play out, play out. I know we've seen it on the silver screen, but why not give us a little bit of control through it as well? Yeah, that'd be cool where, you know, you just come out of your, (laughs) the tank. You come out of the tank, you escape the lab and then fast forward to modern day. Yeah. And, and for modern day, for me, I would like it to be kind of in between his time with the X-Men. Maybe he's still moonlighting there and then, you know, kind of approaching that old man Logan type type of era. Not him being old, but just kind of on his own, just kind of a little uh, more beat up and gruff than he would have been in a straight up X-Men prime. Yeah, experienced. And and I kind of I think that would speak volumes to, you know, there there's the challenge Insomniac has with gameplay is how do you, how do you give him new powers along the way? You know, it's right. not like Spider-Man where he's making new gadgets. This guy is just all about his his sheer might and stuff like that and aggressiveness and they're going to have to find an interesting way to kind of deliver, you know, this this power fantasy, right, of getting new things to keep you vested so you're not just using everything out of the gates. Right. Which I'm sure will be like from collecting adamantium shards or something like that to like level (laughs) up your whatever. I don't want that. (laughs) I don't either, but I'm I'm saying something along those lines. And then uh, we kind of touched on the the story. Uh, We want it to be unique, though. Like, I think Insomniac did such a great job with that, with the Spider-Man games of really kind of getting, you know, giving Spider-Man a new uh, suit, you know, putting the Mm -hmm. white spider on there instead of black and then doing different things with his villains. I would really like that to be shown with this Wolverine, this Logan story and have it tie into that Spider-Man universe. Yes. Start creating the insomniac universe. And Mm -hmm. um, I I think that'd be fantastic. So if they do that, you would have to think it would have to be set at the same time as the Spider-Man games. What do you think of that? Do you think that's an idea that would work or should they just kind of go back into the past and connect it that way? Yeah, I don't think they should necessarily go back to the past. I think right around the same time as the Spider-Man games would happen and maybe even use, say, the end of this game to set up like the next Spider-Man game to a certain extent, like have them cross paths like at the very, very end for just a brief moment, maybe, or something along those lines, just to show that they are in fact in the same universe or even like maybe I don't remember the first Spider-Man game, who it was that was giving him all the challenges that were just a, a pain, but like or maybe even just intertwine one of the side characters in that, like somebody that flies through and just lets you know that they're connected in the same in that same insomniac verse, if we're going to call it that. Should the X-Men get involved? We've no. both kind of just said no. <laughs> but, you know, seeing Cyclops, you know, like their banter is always amusing. Yep. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, for me personally, no. But again, I'm not the biggest X-Men fan in the entire world. I could see where it would have a time and a place. But I think this is a game that should definitely focus on on Wolverine and Logan. Because I think if if you get too many of the other X-Men involved... Maybe just with side stories, I guess, like where maybe Cyclops will pop in and like side mission or whatever, or like help him out of whatever jam that he's in. But I don't think it should be too focused on it. Otherwise, I think it's going to take away from the from the true star of the game being Wolverine. And here's the thing. If they go back in time to like the 70s, something like that, 80s, they could do the origin story with him and then have the sequels lead up to him becoming an X-Men, which would Mm -hmm. be really cool. At the same time, they could reform the team if they go modern era or have him come in for for an assignment if they do Krakoa or any of the more modern stuff. But I agree. I I think I just kind of want him on his own. Like I said, it might be kind of neat to have Storm or Cyclops or or Professor X show up just as a brief cameo. Mm -hmm. And then in that same vein... What do we want from villains here? You know, I can't, you know, he's he's got a, a pretty good gallery of he does of, of characters to go against. Who would you like to see? I mean, you've got to think Sabretooth's going to be in there, right? Uh, there's no the way that one, he's right. Not. Yeah, 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 there's there's no way that he's not. 
Um, outside of that, maybe like some mid-tier villains that don't get enough love. I, nobody's coming off the top of my brain because obviously Sabretooth is the one that pops in. I wouldn't even mind seeing like him and him and Punisher have kind of had some time side by side, haven't they, in the past? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody in the Marvel Universe now has, definitely <laughs> has been together. Could some course. Like, throw some Punisher action in there. Something like that. Because, I mean, Punisher doesn't get a ton of love on the big screen. Sure, he had he had his movie appearance, or he had his movie, plus the small appearances in the Daredevil series. But throw Punisher's name out there. Because you know this is going to be Wolverine. It's going to be bloody. Punisher's going to fit that bill really, really well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could you could do Lady Deathstrike. Yep. You don't want to do all of the big ones like right out of the gates, but yeah, I kind of like maybe a heroish character. Yeah, something uh, kind of coming out of the the woodwork, a borderline gray type of a character where they're not necessarily good, they're not necessarily evil, they're just doing their own business. Kind of like Silver Sable was in in yes. the the Spider Man game a little bit. The Hulk would be a fun one that that would uh, that would definitely bring a smile to my face. Silver Samurai mm-hmm. is a good one. There's a lot of new villains in. Boy, I don't even know if you want to approach any of the Krakoa stuff. I don't know if people would really latch on to that. And cameos. Any any kind of cameos characters you think would be fun? I mentioned the X-Men. I mean, if anything, and they want to go big, throw some Magneto in there as well, so that way he can play around with the Admantium. Not quite to the extent of ripping his entire skeleton out of his body, but like, you know, just being able to mess with him because he's got the control of the metal. Yeah, that would be like the ultimate showdown. I, yep. I don't know how Wolverine wins that. You just can't <laughs> if he's on his own. <laughs> Well, and then goes... last last question for you on this one is is how bloody should it be? Are, are we are we talking full on Kratos style or is is it more like the Star Wars when Star Wars games had decapitations and and right. uh you know limbs flying off is it going to be like that without too much blood? What do you think? I don't personally I don't want to see it like splattering all over the screen or anything like that Kratos style. I uh, I think a nice happy medium would be some dismemberment and and along that lines, but I sure throw some decapitations, throw some arms getting ripped off and chopped off in there. But I just it doesn't just need to be piles of blood all over the ground for the sake of gratuitous violence. Well, I'm asking for gratuitous violence. I'm not asking for it to say if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing we're going to get this game 2024. <laughs> I think it's that far out still. Yeah, I think. I think we're going to get Spider-Man next year. It, there's a chance maybe this year. And then I think Wolverine is after that. There's, yep. They both could come out 2023. I doubt it, though. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be staggered by a year. Okay. I, I like that. They don't uh, finally have a PS5. <laughs> They'll finally be available on Smurf <laughs> Films in 2023, 2024. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'll get the Wolverine edition one. Let's, let's move over to comic books and... We're both raving about this series. This is one that you discovered and said you might like it as much as Preacher, one of your favorite and my favorite comics of all time. I'm talking about Department of Truth from uh, James Tynan IV. Phil, walk us through this. Don't spoil. This is a tough one. You can't really go into exactly what it is because the discovery aspect of it is... Part it's of what makes this so, so amazing much of what this entire what this entire book is about is just the discovery aspect of it. I'm adoring this book so much that you saying the words Department of Truth made me physically smile. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am enjoying every single facet of this book, even the couple of flashback issues that they've done. I don't even really know what to talk about it. It's it's conspiracy based. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But 
everything is based upon actual events slash actual conspiracies. Cryptozoology is all incorporated into it. And it goes really, really deep. And they even touched on a couple of things that I had never really heard of or really knew that much about to the point where like, got done with an issue, set it down, Googled, started reading and went, holy cow, this is insane. This was a real thing. And the more and more into it I get, the more and more that their universe is being woven within throughout. And they're they're using actual people from history and actual instances from history that are creating all of this to either cover up and or create the world around us, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. And the one thing I'd add is you're having a fresh set of eyes, you as the reader as well, but the character Cole, he is uh, experiencing these things for the first time. He's learning mm-hmm. about stuff that's going on in the world and the art style is unique. It is not your typical kind of comic art. It is from Martin Simmons. It works with it. Sometimes I think it's uh, a little hard to tell what they're, they're he's trying to, to illustrate there, but a lot of times I think the style just really hammers this unique story home. Mm-hmm. And the, just the way that even because the wording fits the arts in ways that I don't think I've ever really seen with the way that the style is. Like it almost conveys emotion throughout the way that it's painted slash drawn almost like some panels just not even by a look on a face, but they just feel like an angry panel. Yeah. And if you're looking to pick this up, if you if you if it sounds interesting to you, the first two volumes are out. So the first volume will give you get you to um, one to five. And then I believe you get six to ten in the next one. They're currently up to issue 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can catch up. You know, it's going to be a new, you're going to be in that monthly cadence of of release. Highly recommend it. Phil, on a scale of one to 10, what do you score it? It's a solid 10. When issue 15 wow. came out, I debated not leaving the parking lot until I read it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a, a solid nine. I'm not as far as you are yet. I'm not caught up yet. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's such a breath of fresh air from the other things I'm reading. So people know I'm big into superhero books. Mm-hmm. I would say 90% of what I buy each week is superhero based. But then I dabble in the image and indie scene as well. That's fair. Right. I'd say I'm at about 80-20 as far as my super... Uh, 75-25 as far as superhero to other stuff goes. Just because I've started branching out a lot more heavily myself. And let's go to uh, two current comics to read here. Uh, obviously, we just did Department of Truth, but let's get two from you, Phil. Pick two books you think people should be reading. Um, my number one was Department of Truth, but I just ranted about that for a couple of minutes, well, so I'm going to go ahead and pass that. on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also going to throw out there another non-superhero title called The Silver Coin. It's a um, brief synopsis. It's kind of a horror-based. No, it's definitely a horror-based book, but it's all... each issue is written by a different author i believe it's the same illustrator every time but it's essentially telling the tale of this coin that's being passed down and around from generation to generation and the horrible things that happen to it each issue covers whatever happened to the person that carries it there's been small hints at a greater overlying story as to where this coin came from and where it's going and what exactly it is and it's enough that keeps me intrigued week after week after week i'm really enjoying it so far and i hope it doesn't stop anytime soon what issue are they on now? I want to say number eight just came out this week, if I remember okay. right. So, okay, so then we're waiting on nine. And do you know if it's a limited series or are they just... They kind of did. They did the first five as almost season one. And now this is what's being called season two, I believe. So I think it's just going to keep kind of going on in like five book spurts, take a month or two off. Another five books, take a month or two off from what I've seen. And my first pick is going to be with 
kind of one of the most polarizing writers right now, Donnie Cates. People are very split on his new Hulk book, which issue three just came out. But the one I'm going with is Thor, which he's been on for a few years now. And every issue, I think, is just lights out amazing. Started with him having Thor be the acolyte of Galactus, which is as cool as it sounds. And (laughs) now is at a point where (laughs) he's lost his hammer, but he just lost it after uh, it was getting heavier every time he used it and other people were able to pick it up. So something was going on there. And I, I just think he's this is the perfect book for him. And whenever I see it on the new release rack, I just get super excited. I know you're reading it, Phil. Do you got any thoughts on it? Uh, I'm absolutely digging it as well. I've never been a huge Thor guy. My tendencies, as you guys will find out as you listen to this podcast, are lean a little bit more heavy DC than they do Marvel, which is strange considering how big of a Daredevil fan that I am, but irrelevant. I'm really, really enjoying this Thor run as well. I There's been times that it's made me laugh out loud, no, no pun intended or anything, but like I will seriously chuckle at some of the things that happen. And then there's other times that I have to just set the book down for a moment and go, whoa, that was big. What's What's your number two comic then? I'm going to go with your other side of the polarizing coin. I'm honestly going to say the Hulk. Really? Okay. I so think that these basically first... uh, Starship Hulk is the way to describe this. Dude, it's Hulk destroying everything that he gets in his way <laughs> and is just like on this mission to essentially destroy the entire universe. And I think it's just been a wonderful ride so far. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been chuckling at it. I think Bruce Banner is a little out of character. And control. Yeah, and it it works for this book. It it is a great departure for him. Hulk is Hulk, though. It's exactly what you want from Hulk. To a degree, I mean, we've seen him destroy everything, but that you have not seen because he is, they're powering him up even more than he has been. And and it's it's ridiculous fun. And yeah, I, again, I'm a big Donny Cates mark here. And uh, I think I'm on the side of loving everything he does, including the Hulk. But I can see why people think it might be a bit too much for this iconic character. I will say on the Donny Cates train as well, I almost threw the book crossover in there just as a small little side note of like heralding the praise of Donny Cates, no pun intended after talking about, you know, Thor being the herald of Galactus. Um, But it's a throwback to it's not even a throwback, but it combines basically every comic book character known to man that's been imprisoned inside of this giant bubble and like the conquest of them attempting to either get in or out of this bubble. And it goes all over the place with the characters that are in it. And it's another book that I look forward to every time that I see it on the rack. Yeah. And one that uh, if you go every week, you're going to see, this is my second pick, is going to be The Amazing Spider-Man. I'm just going to stick with Marvel here today. (laughs) And it's a weekly series now from a variety of writers and artists. And they are doing something called Beyond, the story Beyond, where you have Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, has taken over for Peter, who is in a coma. That's how this series starts, and he's working for this Beyond Corporation that is very into tech and genetics and all sorts of stuff. Very shady from the second you meet them, and that kind of creates a really fun journey here, a mystery of sorts that's unfolding as you're learning about Beyond and Ben's role in this universe. You're also kind of clinging to with with Peter, seeing uh, seeing how he's doing, and there with the the weekly cadence, there is some misses. Right. Mm-hmm. I think some of these 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 side stories or accessory stories aren't aren't hitting as well as the main ones. But otherwise, I thought last week's, you know, which wasn't the main the main writing crew was one of the best ones yet. Mm-hmm. I thought they really got did a great job of getting into the head of Ben Riley and making him uh, 
showing how he's conflicted now. And Beyond is not going to go on forever. I think it's ending here pretty soon. But you know, you you might want to wait for a trade because, like I said, I think it's been going what Phil three months now, two and a half months, if not longer so, than that. It feels like yeah. it's been going on for a long time, and I don't say that as a complaint because I'm kind of enjoying not having Peter as the as the main focal point. Yeah, isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, with the uh, rest of the universe just kind of existing, and everyone's so little pan over to Peter is still just laying there. You know, so in that breath, you're probably missing 15 issues already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is um, that's a tall order to to catch up on if you're looking for them. But uh, there will definitely, it's Marvel, there will definitely be a trade that collects these or a couple of trades. <laughs> There's a trade you'll be for to, everything these days. Yeah, you'll be able to get uh, very, very soon. Any other books you want to recommend right now, Phil? No, I'll just go ahead and let it go as is, as I blathered for too long about a couple of things there. All right. Well, let's go to, uh, let's go to a legacy one. Let's, let's pick your uh, book from yesteryear that you want people to read. My book from yesteryear that I'm sure people know about it because it was around forever. Um, I'm going with the Sin City series. Frank Miller. Frank Miller. at In my opinion, Frank Miller's finest, which is saying something for me. Uh, I think everything about what he did throughout the entire course of all of the Sin City, both the trades, well, the trades being the collected and all that kind of stuff, I loved the art style that he put forth to it, and I think that that really hit home the point he was trying to make. The characters are all unique enough that they all brought something to the table. It's grim, gritty, dirty, noir style. I'm sure most of our listeners have probably at least seen the movie Bare Minimum, which in many, many instances was a panel-by-panel recreation of at least The Hard Goodbye, uh, The Woman in Red, and other as well. Um, but everything about this entire, about the entire series and the universe that they created throughout the course of that as well was just... I think it all just stood out and felt really unique and very, very fresh at the time. Mind you, at the time, originally was 1991, 1992, but it still holds up to this day. Yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, aren't super high on Frank Miller anymore, but back in the day, you know, his Daredevil work, uh, outstanding. And then uh, his biggest book was The Dark Knight Returns, Mm -hmm. putting Batman kind of into a futuristic setting, kind of his one of his last hurrahs was huge. And then Sin City and 300 were both. 300 was, was amazing as well. I forgot about that. Yeah. He was just on fire for all those. I agree. Like those, whenever those books came out, it was like, holy cow, like his art style and just his writing and just how locked in he was with each of those characters and kind of that uh, noir vibe. It was, it was fantastic. And the art just fit what he was trying to convey. Again, like I was saying with Department of Truth, like it just absolutely did what it had to do to make just the overall general vibe feel what it what it is. And I'm going to go to to DC for mine here. I'm going to do Batman The Long Halloween. We have the Batman movie coming out mm-hmm. here very soon this summer with a reported two hour, 55 minute runtime, which is a long. It's like the Lord of Rings of uh, comic book movies. I guess uh, Endgame was there. Yeah. Endgame flew by, though. You know, there was so much going on in that. It just that 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 movie just rocketed it by. But a Batman movie of this this caliber, it the trailers remind me of the long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb writing an art murder mystery really hones in on Batman's detective skills. This is something you can get in trades. There's a sequel called Dark Victory, which was also very good. Mm-hmm. They just a couple 
months ago released a special, like a Christmas special uh, or Halloween special. What am I talking about? For some reason, I thought it was a Christmas special too for a second when you yeah. said it. I was just agreeing. I was like, yeah, Christmas special. You know, this originally came out in 96 and 97 and this <laughs> this special came out, you know, in 2021. Didn't like it that much. Didn't have the same vibe. It was, was okay. Uh, there was parts of it where you're like, okay, we're getting back to it. I, I kind of see the magic again, but it never quite got there. But if you read Long Halloween, I think you'll be set for, I'm, I'm guessing you'll be set for um, the Batman movie coming out if they are playing off that like it looks like yep. they are. Uh, I will say too, I have a feeling that special release happened just because they just put, uh, they released it in movie form, like an animated version of the Long Halloween as well. So I think they were just like, so since we're throwing this out there, you guys want to write a quick little one-off? Yeah? Huh? Yeah, and don't, I mean, I haven't watched that yet, but please read the the comic version yeah, first. Read the I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, it's never going to be good as the comic. That's, that's <laughs> not always the case. But I really do feel like you got to get into the mind of uh, of Jeff and Tim here. That They are such a great duo, a creative duo. And I just want you to see it in its original form because I think it is one of the best Batman books ever. I will be that guy and say, read the comics before you watch the movies because I've watched the movies and the comics are... They're far superior. Granted, they get the point across throughout the course of the movie, but it just does not have that same feel to it. And let's uh, let's shift gears again here to favorite comic book game of all time. This is a tough one for me. Uh, I don't know where you sit, but um, walk me through it and and why. Um, man, I really racked my brain over this one, and I I wanted to go Batman really, really bad. But Batman was such an immersive solo experience with minimal co-op involved. I believe one of the latter ones you could kind of do like some brawling side by side. So I thought back to a really good time that I had way back, and I want to say it was about 2006, with one of my really good friends as we sat there on separate couches in the early days of being able to play online with each other. And my brain went to Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the first one on the Xbox 360. Okay, that's a good pick. I uh, the amount of characters that you could play at it play as in that game, the amount of destruction levels that are in that game, the comics you collected, the suits you collected, the powers that you combined, the weird one-off characters that appeared as well, like in the sides, in the boss battles, and all of the different worlds. I love myself a dungeon crawler, and I love myself some superheroes. Combine the two and do it well. I was all in on this game. I would like to say that you and I probably beat this game three, four, five times over to unlock everything in the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could not put this down. And it's Diablo, right? Superhero Diablo. And that's what got me really excited about, you know, the XCOM team working on Midnight Suns. It doesn't look like, you know, this style of game, but it is a departure from your typical superhero action games where they are doing kind of a top-down perspective and taking some of those conventions from the XCOM series to create something new. Mm-hmm. And that just intrigues me. And I love that dev team. You know, those XCOM games are phenomenal. And if they can do something similar and prop up these heroes, I'm all in. Oh, yeah. That'll, again, hundreds of hours of replay- replayability if they can pull it off. And it's, you know, it's it's a tall order mm-hmm. uh, to innovate in the the superhero space, you know, we saw Marvel Avengers from from Crystal Dynamics. Beautiful game. Characters control really well. The single player, I really liked. Yep. The cooperative element ended up falling flat in the long run. 
not enough boss battles, a lot of the same content. Players just fell off it very quickly. Yep. I highly, if you haven't played it, I highly recommend you do for that that single player story. It's well worth it. It's quite good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's in line with other video game stories. It's not the level of Spider Man's those games, but or the one I'm about to mention. But it is worth playing. Um, my pick is like I your knee jerk reaction was go with Batman. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, a lot of our listeners are going to say Arkham Asylum is the best Batman game ever made. It, it's the closest to like that Metroidvania style of progression. Yep. The Asylum is just phenomenal. The Joker's great in that. But my favorite was actually is and still is, is Arkham City, the sequel to that. Mm hmm that uh, Rocksteady Studios opened it up a little more. You know, it, it is the tight confines, the dirty confines of, of Arkham are now the dirty city of Gotham, right? Like of, you know, a, a slice of it where you really get to see Batman gliding, what that's like. Uh, it adds another element to him exploring. I think it really kind of opened things up, moving through the city uh, and progression-wise uh, a little differently. I I love that. And the, the story, I thought, with with Hugo strange and, mm-hmm. and where that went was, was really fun and unexpected. And it went to, you know, some very familiar places along the way, but yeah, that one, I, I, I was just like, wow, they, they knocked it out of the park with Arkham Asylum made the best superhero game ever made the best licensed game ever made at the time. You know, it was their own universe yet. It borrowed heavily from the comics and even did things like games still don't today. Like over the course of that game, his suit gains damage. He gains morning shadow over the passage of time. And it's just like, who does that in, in game development? That's awesome. And that was and the that's first exactly game that what they did. You really ever felt like Batman playing. Sure, you did with Asylum, but not to the free openness that you had with City. And then uh, you also had Catwoman you got to play yep. as. And I think you had to like pre-order the game or I, I don't remember what it was or DLC. I think it was DLC. <laughs> to get Catwoman, otherwise points. you wouldn't. Yeah, like <laughs> there's, there's, it was a rough time, you know, for <laughs> for downloadable content and <laughs> microtransactions. But uh, you know, we we're a little better now. But uh, you know, for a while there, we, it seemed like we had it figured out. Yep. But yeah, I I I just think that game's phenomenal. That whole series, all four of them, including the one from Warner Brothers Montreal. Origins. Yeah, it's it's great. They're mm-hmm. really fun. They're super fun. Even if sometimes the story gets a little convoluted and maybe a little repetitive, you're still out there kicking all the butt in the world as Batman and his sidekicks. Makes me really excited for, I think it's Gotham Knights is what it's called that's coming out, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And so Suicide is, Squad. Yep. Suicide Squad is from Rocksteady. That looks like a completely different game than mm-hmm. the Arkham formula. Whereas Gotham Knights looks like that classic Arkham style, but it's cooperative, so... We'll have to see. We'll have to see what they end up doing there. I hope, you know, it is in that same same vein and, and we feel like we got the next chapter with the Court of Owls and, and getting yeah. to play as, you know, all of the, the Bat family. Not Batman. He's supposedly dead at the beginning of the game or believed to be dead. And How many and times st- has Batman died throughout the course of history? Never. Well, I mean, not, not, via not comic that's... covers and everything <laughs> oh, else. <laughs> yeah, plenty. And, you know, he's had his back broken and <laughs> his I think his age has gone backwards in some instances. Oh, it definitely has. Yeah. The comic books, uh, you know, just 
they don't really age characters unless they want to. Like uh, <laughs> Dick Grayson, he, I think he's the only character in the DC universe that actually ages. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is still the same age as that he was as we took Dick underneath his wing. Yeah, and now they're like two two years apart or something yep. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the Lazarus Pit, man. It's the Lazarus Pit. Right. I, I like that. Where were we going here? Oh, uh, last thing I wanted to talk to you about is the Moon Knight trailer. That's the yeah. latest thing we got from the MCU it's coming to Disney Plus uh, in a couple of months here. And this stars Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke. I, I can't believe we're getting a Moon Knight TV show. I, anything Moon Knight. I'm like, just throwing young, this one on you, me, man. I'm throwing this would, one on you. Young me would be calling me, you know, old me, an absolute liar. Because <laughs> there's no chance in hell we would ever get anything Moon Knight. Yet now we have Guardians of the Galaxy, Eternals, all these comics that we're on the fringe are now huge and a part of this ever expanding universe. And here we are just a couple months away from a moon, moon night show. And we'll probably be followed up by Ragman or something. Who knows <laughs> yeah. where, where we go from here, but we got a minute and a half trailer. Uh, yep. Oscar Isaac is obviously great and everything. What was your kind of two cents from that tease? Uh, I'm totally intrigued by it. I like the Moon Knight character. I think he's he's an interesting character, and he's always got that internal self-conflict going on. I'm looking forward to watching him kick all sorts of vampire butt and doing his thing, not even necessarily just vampires, but I really want to see how this thing plays out. I will probably be watching it as soon as it starts happening. I'm, I'm eager to see what you know what this is, ends up being and, and how this, this show ends up affecting the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which mm-hmm. you know every every episode I'm just... Waiting, you know, like when the credits come up, you know, you, you don't stop, even though, you know, there's never going to be anything. You're just like, oh, maybe there there's might more. Be. Maybe there's maybe there's <laughs> something here. And, and sometimes there is. Yeah. And uh, I've liked everything that Marvel's done in the MCU. Every single thing I have enjoyed thoroughly. And that is one of the most impressive things I think that has ever happened in entertainment. Uh, yes. It, it is such a, a long, long run. You could say James Bond, you know, when is long, but. Not all those movies were were good. There's ones I was just like, oh, that was awful. Quantum of Solace, you know, stuff like that. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, better luck next time. Drop one. Yeah, but Marvel hasn't had uh, a misstep yet. I, I just, I'm just blown away. And you know, as they go further and further into these kind of more obscure characters, I, I, I'm more fascinated by what they're doing and and how they're weaving it all together. And now we're at a point where we're going to be getting what you'd have to assume is a new Avengers team. Mm-hmm. Getting these young characters come in. Maybe they'll do the young Avengers. Uh, <laughs> the f- the first issue of that was where Kate Bishop was introduced. Yep. And now we have her in the universe and a lot of younger characters coming in to fill the role of the legends, right? The the Captain Americas and, and Iron Man and Iron Man. There will be more. <laughs> uh, I guess we have uh, we have two right now, but yeah, or I, three. You had rescue. Yep. So yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But I um, I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited that it's just a couple months away. I thought it was going to be a little later. I thought we we're going to have a lull. But what do you think, Phil? I think the nice part about a lot of what Marvel's doing right now is they're getting some eyes and some ears on some characters that most people don't know about. A lot of these characters that have just kind of been B and C players this entire time. And to bring them into the limelight is doing nothing more than getting more eyes on their product and more love for some of these characters that people that have been reading comic books for 20, 30, 40, 50 years have sat there and watched and and develop and just kind of like 
to see them finally get their time to shine, I think it's amazing. And I think they should keep doing what they're doing. I'm stoked for Moon Knight. I'm stoked for what Marvel keeps throwing at us. And I will continue to consume the product that they give us. As we depart here, I'm just going to kind of run through the books that are coming out this week. That would be uh, January 26th. We are getting uh, Batman Detective Comics issue 1050. It's going to be a big one. Which is a, conti- a weekly continuation of The Shadows of the Bat. Saga's back with issue 55. Again, I said we're, we already had weekly Amazing Spider-Man. That is back. Captain America and Black Cat on the cover. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the Flash, <laughs> which Phil and I have been laughing at, but it's been one of the most out-of-this-world comics we've seen. Yes, Thor. Oh, boy. Superman Action Comics, Justice League, X-Men. This is a big one. Marvel Comics event of this early year is Devil's Reign with with Daredevil. Ooh, is three coming out this week? Uh, It is. Yep. Number three. Yes. We're getting Batman Catwoman, the special, which is a (sighs) a new number one in that universe. You've been enjoying that series. I've really been enjoying that series. It's Tark and Back to the Long Halloween. This should almost just be called Batman Catwoman, the Long Christmas. Getting another Robin. There was Robin's plural last week and now we get robin this week robin's been interesting too because he's been in the middle of this fight on lazarus island is what i'm going to call it between a bunch of like sidekicks to the death and the third time you die you're dead forever and it kind of all came to a big apex at the end of last issue and so we're gonna think we're gonna get the actual resolution of this entire thing now i'm curious to see if this series will keep going on or not i fell off it I, you just described the plot of jumanji <laughs> The Death of Doctor Strange, number five, crossover, DC versus vampires, monstrous, ex-deaths of Wolverine, which supposedly is going to be a big deal. Uh, Wonder Girl, House of Slaughter. Ooh. I'll grab that. That is, that is from Something is Killing the Children, that universe. Harley Quinn, The Human Target, Iron Man, Oblivion Song, Deadly Class, Once in Future, Gunslinger Spawn. Todd McFarlane is really, really, really going for it with Spawn, and I love it. And people are eating it up. I I think it's great. Teen Titans, Black Panther, Task Force Z, Deathstroke Incorporated. Yes. (laughs) Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond. That's a new number one. And it's beyond, so it'll be tied into Amazing, you would have to think, right? Yep. Static, season one. Avengers Forever, number two. That was okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll be picking that up. Uh, Star Wars, The High Republic, Trail of Shadows, number four. Captain America, Iron Man, number three. That's been pretty good. Yep. Oh, Superman 78, number six. That is like uh, continuing the old movie stories in comic form. We also have uh, a Batman one running right now, which is basically I'm Tim really Burton's sure That third. hasn't come out in a while. Yeah, it's been a, been a long run here. Devil's Reign, Winter Soldier, number one. Stray Dogs, Superman and Robin. What? Yeah, you heard that right. Superman and Robin, number one. All right. <laughs> Black Hammer, Cowboy Bebop, a comic adaptation of what appears to be the Netflix show, which I believe has been canceled. <laughs> Peacemaker, Disturbing the Peace, number one. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Ordinary Gods, Chicken Devil. Yes. <laughs> have you been reading that? Uh, I, I have the first issue. We'll touch on that on another week. Here. Okay. Two Moons. Dark Blood, Power Rangers, Hellboy, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Beast Wars, 
Army of Darkness, 1979, number That's five. That's been decent. Cyberpunk, hey, 2077, <laughs> number three. You're going to finish this series before we get the PS5 and Xbox Series X updates. Damn. Hellboy, 1957, so two Hellboys. Telepaths, Human Remains, and Grim Fairy Tales. Plenty of other books coming, but uh, you'll have to go to your comic shop to check those out. Phil, that was fun. It we was. We got to do this again in seven days. You're, <laughs> you're under you're under contract, so you better. And uh, uh, I didn't sign anything. <laughs> uh, but thanks everyone for listening. Let us know what you think of the show in the comment section. You can write us. I'm on Twitter most days, pretty much half of my life on Twitter <laughs> at Andrew underscore Reiner. Phil, where they, where can they find you? Uh, most of my comic and video game related stuff on Twitter is all underneath my handle of BNow23. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we will be back in seven short days to talk more comic books. See you then, everybody. Take care.